This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham. Our hour is upon us. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number. Of course, we continue to stream live on the ESPN app for the 631st consecutive show on television. Uh, getting word, though, more news on this. Uh, some news out of central New York. We'll bring that to you coming yes. up in this uh, hour. Breaking uh, news from some Syracuse. New, news coming from Syracuse at this hour. We will share that as uh, as we move through. We need to get a little more intel together on that. But we will uh, share that with you shortly. Lars Tiffany in about 15 minutes. So looking forward to the coach of the Cavaliers being here. Uh, big weekend baseball-wise. We've already got four teams going to the national championship out in Arizona for men's golf. You know, of course, that Florida State and Wake Forest and uh, Virginia are already there on the ladies' side, right? Yep. And They get uh, a head start. Yep, they get a head start. That event underway. And then we'll get to the men starting on Friday. And um, I should say next Friday, not this Friday, because they just wrapped up the regionals. But we got baseball's regular season coming to a close in the ACC. And guess what? We got some tight fits here. Uh, the final weekend of the regular season. And the standings are um, – well, here's the Atlantic, and I'm going to let my partner take over here because he told you we were going to have a problem. And guess what? We have a problem. Well, the problem is a tie. The ties are stupid. There is no place for them in sports. And lo and behold, Louisville's got a oh, one over there that's just dangling. And you're like, well, you think that's going to have an effect? I told you it would. Well, here we go. We get down to the last series of the weekend coming up. Notre Dame's taking on Miami. Those are the two leaders in terms of the division yes. races. Yes. Louisville's in the hunt. Virginia Tech's in the hunt on the other side. And something tells me that dash one is going to be a problem trying to figure this thing out. Here's the Coastal. You see Miami is two games ahead of Virginia Tech. Not really. Zero in the loss column. Yeah, zero in the loss column, two in the win column. You see Virginia at 16-11. Why does all this factor into it? Well, Virginia plays Louisville and Notre Dame is at Miami this weekend. Two good series. Yeah. Both right here on ACC Network. That's right. Uh, starts, in fact, uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. Now, Aaron Fitt and all the good people at D1Baseball.com have done some bracketology because that's what you do. They've got 10 Atlantic Coast Conference teams in the projection last week. Another one due here this week prior to the start of the weekend series. But I think the most important thing out of that group mm -hmm. is much like your typical bracketology as we have in hoops, uh, that whole deal there at the very bottom, Georgia Tech and Clemson. Yep. The last four in, both the Tigers and the Yellow Jackets make it. Wake Forest is the first four out. Mm -hmm. So you could potentially looking at 11 teams. Potentially 11 right. could get in. We'll see. And you see five national seeds, Virginia Tech, Miami, Louisville, Notre Dame, Florida State, Virginia, North Carolina, NC State, Georgia Tech, and Clemson uh, were listed as regional seeds there. Um, so, brings us to the final weekend. The biggest series 
uh, in terms of the top of the brackets at one in Coral Gables with Notre Dame and Miami because it factors into both sides and really kind of both divisional races. You have two the two leaders, respectively, yep. and something's got to give. And if somebody could sweep the other guy, maybe opens up the door, we'll see where that goes. But Louisville, that dash one with that tie, I knew it was a problem. Here we go. Yeah. The perilous tent uh, lines that Clemson and Georgia Tech are walking – could be influenced by performances of Duke, who's at Blacksburg for three, and, of course, Boston College. Uh, but those two schools right now are on the outside looking in at next week's tournament in Charlotte. Yeah, there's two ACC teams that will not qualify for the ACC baseball tournament. BC's not in a great spot. Duke's got work to do on that front. So something's got to give. Like I said, when everybody yep. eventually gets back to work on Monday, you'll have a better feel for this. But the tournament next week in Charlotte – will be terrific. I'll say it again. If you're in that neighborhood, you love baseball, get a ticket. Yep. It's a great ballpark in Uptown Charlotte, and you've got so many good teams. Six teams this week ranked in the D1 top 20. Top 20 in the country yeah. right here in the ACC. John Chef's done an unbelievable job at Virginia Tech, by the sure way. Uh, Hokies are a terrific offensive club and pretty good pitching too, but – um, their dominance in conference series is something to be admired, right, Pac? Just the way they've been able to win at least two or three. Well, I said to you the other day. Eight of them, right? They've won eight series this year in the ACC. After starting the season getting swept by Georgia Tech, started 0-4 in the league, and now they find themselves in the yep. position that they're in. But they've won eight series, which is a school record. But of the eight, six of them yep. have been against ranked ACC opponents. That is impressive. They're so, playing good baseball. Virginia Tech host Duke. Virginia's at Louisville. We told you about that. Florida State at North Carolina. And uh, Notre Dame is at Miami. Those are the highlights. Georgia Tech, by the way, is at Pittsburgh. And that leads us to the home run chase. Because Kevin Parada of the Jackets and Max Wagner of Clemson are atop the ACC home run ledger with 24 each. They trail Ivan Melendez. Uh of Texas by one. You see Tommy White. He's got 22. Tinsman with 20. Geloff and Wilkin right behind those fellows at 18. So we get down to the end of the run here in the ACC for the long ball, at least in the regular season. Can the tie be broken? Well, there's a good chance. Wagner's playing at home. Parada's at Charles Cosfield in Pittsburgh this weekend where it's an easy 300 down the line in left and right. I'm telling you, we got dudes that can rake. That's all the. That's all I'm going to tell you. And and this ballpark in Charlotte, when they get here, right? Again, banging it all skyscraper. I I like baseball. Yeah. And it, it, you you can't go wrong, man. Cost of tickets are easy. Great yep. seats. You're going to see terrific teams. Mm-hmm. And if you like offensive baseball, we've got it in this league now. There are going to be teams that can flat out score some runs. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see who has that. And then on uh, Monday. till Parker Messick comes out there, starts throwing that filth from the left side. Good luck hitting that. Good the, luck hitting that. By, by Monday, we'll have some idea on the pool play, too. Right. And that's that's another part of this that factors in is to, you know, the top four seeds. And, by the way, the top seed gets to pick their off day in pool play. I'll that's, let you worry about that next week. I have complete faith that you can handle the entire breakdown of the ACC baseball tournament. Well, let's see. Monday, Drew Carter and Dana Boyle will be here. Uh-oh. Bag- that's going to be a bagel argument between those two. Yeah. And then I think Thursday and Friday, 
Myself, Andrea Adelson, and David Hale will have all your updated you information got and guests. Yeah. Solid Thir- week for Thursday you. or Friday next week, what's going to be happening with you? Let's see. Will you be I on guess. the Amalfi Coast no, by Thursday? No, let me see. Thursday, I'll be uh, in Lake Como, eventually heading to Florence. Nice. Next week, Thursday. Yeah. Somebody got to do it. Weather going to be good for you? Hey, Clooney, got to clean it up. It's looking <laughs> kind of ratty over there on the other side of the lake. Hey, George. Come on. You're going to... you gonna Got the cash. Clean this joint up. It's a dump. You're going to be okay? Weather going to be all right? Everything's setting know. in for I you? I have no idea. You have no idea. No care, do you? Uh, I really don't. I don't. Um, I'm supposed to be in Switzerland on Monday. Oh! Uh, I am going to be in Switzerland on Monday. Um, and... It, uh, Milan on Sunday. It's supposed to be ninety on Sunday. It's going to be fifty-five in Switzerland on Monday. Mm. Got to pack accordingly. Get get some, we'll get some Packer and Durham ACC Network stuff going on. Okay. I got some. I got some ideas that I'm messing with yeah. on the road. Now that we're TikTok stars after our uh, Emily Cole interview yesterday, we're now into the TikTok. We didn't actually world. appear on the TikTok, which is good. We did or did not? Did not. Well, we're part of. It. I mean, Emily, she was great yesterday. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I had a lot of good feedback about Emily Cole yesterday. Uh, ACC home run race, by the way, in softball, too. You notice this? Have you seen this? We had Emma on yesterday. She's like, hey, I'm not giving up anything. Forget it. Yeah. Look at the battle there at the top. Emma Lemley said, I ain't giving up. Yeah. No, we're going to get nothing from me. Now, remember, Louisville's finished, so Roby and Greenwood can't add to the total. Uh, Harding, fantastic. Michaela Edenfield, terrific. Uh, Jameson and Edenfield tied at the top with 16. Christina Foreman, friend of the show, has 14 for Duke. Yeah, Christina was great, too. Yeah, keep an eye on that as we move forward. That leads us, of course, to coverage of Action from the Circle on ACC Network. Starts tomorrow at noon. Presented by Capital One, UNC Wilmington in a historic game at McWhorter against the 10th seed nationally, Clemson. And then tomorrow afternoon following that, we'll take you to Southwest Virginia. Number three, Virginia Tech welcomes St. Francis of PA. This is first round action in the 2022 Women's College World Series. All roads lead to OKC in this deal, and it's on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. Double elimination format, by the way. Winners go to the Super Regionals. When we come back, we go to Charlottesville. Check-in time on visit number 10. Lars Tiffany gets the mug next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. He's about ready to join the 10 mug club so somebody go to the warehouse in the espn shipping department get that thing sent to charlottesville virginia care of lars tiffany our next guest the uh, head coach of the cavaliers is here after uh, last weekend's victory over brown that now gets him to maryland and the next step toward uh, potential return to the baltimore washington area hopefully for the final four all right, so let's get the uh, let's get the proverbial elephant out of the room here. The deal with Brown last week, how, how was that? Did we we handle that okay? Everything you know, kept it all buttoned up, huh? How'd you do? 
Yeah, well, uh, my men did better than I did. You know, for me, it was an emotional wreck. You know, it just playing the alma mater, playing a team that I coached for 10 years and lived in that state and was passionate and bled brown. Uh, you know, that's not easy for me, but the men uh, were fantastic. And uh, uh, first of all, give Brown credit. You know, I had a great April. Uh, went from 0-2 in the Ivy Conference to Sharon uh, and earning the first place recognition and the home seed in the Ivy Tournament. And, you know, what they did in April uh, was fantastic. And they gave us everything we'd handle, you know, for three quarters. But, uh, you know, the experience, the wisdom of being there, and then just great players. You know, Matt Moore, Connor Schellenberger, Peyton Cormier on attack started scoring a lot of goals for us, especially in the second half against the people's goalie, as uh, the Brown goalie is, uh, is known as. And, uh, and Pete LaSalle gave us a lot of extra possessions at the faceoff facts. Uh, so it was a uh, it was a really exciting atmosphere. There is nothing more electric than Providence, Rhode Island, Stevenson Field in the month of May. And uh, 3,200 fans, raucous, hostile. What an environment. What, the reason you come to Virginia, to be the man in the arena, as Teddy Roosevelt calls it, to, to feel the jeers and the boos and the angst, uh, it was, uh, we performed well in that, in that raucous environment. Coach, I know the feeling. Uh, Wes and I go through that every day, even here in my own house. <laughs> Jeez, stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned Connor. It seems like he's starting to get healthy at the right time because mm. he has just been dominant here lately. Yeah, he uh, he stepped up. You know, Connor Schellenberger, obviously, what he did last year in the, in, in May in the NCAA tournament is well documented and well known, um, and that's why he was the most outstanding player of of the tournament in 2021. And and he uh, he showed us why uh, up in Providence, Rhode Island, scoring the first two goals of the game, and uh, that electrifying diving goal he had. Uh, he's um, and then the four assists to combine with his four goals. Yeah, Connor Schellenberger stepped up. Now he knows he's going to be drawing a lot more attention. But it, you know, from this Maryland team uh, who has excellent defensemen, but it helps to have Matt Moore. You know, that one-two punch to have two different quarterbacks with so all the pressures not on Connor's shoulders. Matt certainly wants some of that for himself. Lars, where is in this game and in the film study and all the things you? are so great about, you know, kind of hitting the hot spots with your team. Where in all this is the long game? Do you kind of say, hey, wait a second, guys, we're kind of built for this moment because it was amazing. When the bracket was announced, there was as much conversation about this game as there was any game that took place in the first round. So, so how do you handle the long game here? Yeah, sure. You're right. A lot of the conversation was about who wasn't in, and that happens every tournament, but we've never had this much controversy. You know, Notre Dame absolutely should mm -hmm. be in there. Kevin Corrigan and his team were fantastic. Uh, from the end of March throughout April and early May, there was almost no one better, you know, except for Maryland, and, uh, and, and they absolutely should be in this. And certainly, you know, Duke has a very good argument with their RPI and strength of schedule. So, you know, once we, we you, know, you do the coach speak, hey, there is no second round if we don't win the first round. We've, we've got to go to Providence, Rhode Island, disappointed not to be playing at home in Clockner in front of our fantastic fan base, but we focused on what we needed to do. But you're right, here it is. What, you know, when we played earlier in the year against the University of Maryland, this was number one versus number two. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, uh, here it is in the quarterfinals. Uh, we've played each other in the 2019 NCAA tournament. We played each other in the 2021 NCAA tournament. So it seems inevitable that it's going to happen. And um, it's happening in Ohio in the quarterfinals. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. 
what's great for us is we got to play them once. We didn't solve the equation though. Don't get me wrong. You know, this is the number one team in the country for a reason. The NCAA selection committee got that part right. You know, 2021, Maryland was undefeated, zero losses mm -hmm. in the regular season, and they were the number three seed? Right. This year, they got it right. Maryland's number one seed, again, was zero losses through the regular season and the Big Ten tournament. Um, they are you know, the best team that I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Exceptional on offense and no weaknesses anywhere else. Now, that's a strong statement. In the last 10 to 15 years, you think this is the best team? I mean, you've seen, listen, you've had some of those teams. Mm -hmm. But you think this Maryland team is, is really that cut above everybody else to that standard? I do. We, we're, we're, I, we had to peel ourselves off Audi Field after getting steamrolled by 11 goals of what they did to us just two months ago. When's the last time a team went zero losses in the regular season, two seasons in a row? I mean, I, so for me, I've got to go back to uh, University of Virginia, 2006, the team that went undefeated, Dom Starge's undefeated team that won the national championship and really bullied most of the competition that whole season, winning mo a majority of games in that eight to 10 goal range. Um, so I think since the 06 Virginia team, this is, this is the best team out there. What John Tillman's done two years in a row to go undefeated um, is almost unprecedented. All right, David, so how are you going up the hill with the, uh, the stone to slew Goliath? Yes, exactly. Well, it's uh, you know, what, what we, we know we have to play really well. We know we've got to focus on the next play. And the beauty of that is we can just focus on that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the underdog thing. We don't talk about that here. We don't talk about, you know, hey, because they've done this. We don't worry about that. When you're Virginia, you're supposed to have the pressure on you. But we love that pressure. And so what we're going to focus on here is every time we step on that field, just play great. Just, be, just, make the, just make the next play. Be focused on it. Make a mistake. Don't worry about it. Go off and make the next play. And that attitude is why we've been so successful in the month of May. Because if you start focusing on the result, you feel more pressure. If you start focusing on what the media and who's the underdog, and you start worrying, there is no tomorrow if we don't win today, forget all that. Focus on your teammates. Stay inclusive as opposed to insular where you just get focused on yourself and too much and block out that noise. And what I've seen our month of May in our men, in the locker room, as we stay united, high five and more touch points, you know, that's what we're going to focus on. And that's the message that we've had all, you know, forever. Always what we do in the month of May. Lars, I, I want to tell you, I think the orange helmets are slick. I'd just go with those. <laughs> yeah, the orange helmets does. Uh, when I see that orange helmet, I think of us in the quarterfinals because um, we've worn them oftentimes in playoff lacrosse. So you're right. I think it does resonate with us and playoff lacrosse. See, Pack, uh, I told you, orange <laughs> helmets, Pack. You, you were high on those early in the week. I like the orange helmets, Lars. I'm not going to lie to you. Virginia comes at you with some combinations. I mean, heck, we got the white one here. I've seen the blue, but I like the orange now. I like If that if that what this means and that's what it takes to get the orange, I'm all about that. <laughs> well, we'll uh, I, I let it up to the captains. Uh, the captains okay. and the men decide what color we wear and the combinations they want to go with. So I, I'm always about the last one to find out. It's um, they they have a lot of fun with that, you know, because we are fortunate. We have a great sponsorship, you know, with Nike and our lacrosse manufacturer Warrior, and we can do a lot of different combinations. And uh, um, but you know, I barely notice. I barely know. 
you know, because I'm just I'm looking, you know, inside <laughs> them, and I'm seeing I'm seeing a team that that loves the competition, that loves to compete, and uh, you know, and obviously a huge challenge with the University of Maryland and their undefeated season again this year, mm. um, and um, but uh, you know we're. We're, we're flying up to uh, Columbus, Ohio on, on Friday, um, taking a charter, really fancy. Uh, thank you, NCAA. And, um, and then um, get ready to play in some heat. Looks like it's going to be a hot weekend here. Uh, by the way, when you played Maryland two months ago, and you mentioned, hey, they, 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 had, a, they had your number that day. Did mm-hmm. you know, Lars, when you were coming home? You know what? We're, we'll see these guys again. Well, we're going to have to see them again to win a national championship. Now, again, that was two months ago. Two months ago today. Exactly. The way you said it right at the very end there, we're going to have to play them to win a national championship. I knew that. We knew driving home that Maryland was going to be in the way eventually. Now, the challenge was, could we make sure we win our games? Mm -hmm. We knew Maryland wasn't going to lose. And we knew that we would, if we played well and we did our job, that Maryland would be there because they're just too good. And so, yes, at that moment, coming home from D.C. Uh, two months ago, this has been something like there is no question. The national championship goes through the University of Maryland, and that happens this weekend uh, in the quarterfinals. Wow. i tell you what, uh, we're excited to see it happen. Congratulations on the win. Good luck this weekend, but also congratulations on the 10 mug club, right, Pack? Yep. This is your 10th appearance. You get a free Packer Endura mug that's coming your way from the ESPN shipping department at some point in time. <laughs> that's big time. Now, there can't be too many people in that club. This is exclusive. Well, well, there's not many. I was thinking Carla Williams does not have one. Tony Bennett does not <laughs> have, have one. one. Tony Elliott does, <laughs> does not have one. one. Uh, no, I, I think you might be the only university. Brian O'Connor does not have does one. Does not have one. No. You, you're the guy. Leader wow. in the clubhouse. This, How about that? This, this, this is humbling. This I, is, this is, I'm, I'm putting this on my resume. Um, uh, you should. I, I will tell you, Lars. Forget for, back-to-back natties. Now you got a former mug. Former Virginia <laughs> women's lacrosse star and current ACC network analyst Dana Boyle. Does not have one. She's too short, right? She's short of 10. She's short. So you're the first... First Wahoo, first Cavalier. I know. I'm. 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 I'm completely. I'm going to go speechless. <laughs> hey, don't go speechless because communication will be key on Sunday. That's part of it. You got to talk. You got to talk. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Always great to see you. Good luck. Pulling for you. Thank you, fellas. We'll All take right. that good luck. Thanks, Lars Tiffany, ladies and gentlemen, the head men's lacrosse coach, University of Virginia. First Wahoo at ten. Dana's short, too, right? She's short, too. And being a host on the show does, does not, not count. count. That's right. That is not a so count. So when Dana comes in here on Monday, uh, that does not count as not a Packer count. and Durham appearance. No matter how many bodos you get. Nope. I don't care how many dozens you bring in here. Yeah, that's it. Uh, she did get the shirt, though. Remember, she got the Packer and Durham she swag. Good. She looked good showcasing the uh, Packer and Durham stuff. the P&D swag. Uh, when we continue... The NCAA yesterday stroked off another rule, counters and scholarships. Well, they're and good at that. Whatever we can do. Let's say no more coupons, though. Pac-12's already jumped into the deep end of the pool. They're basically going to play divisions, but the two best teams are going to the championship. Is the ACC next? 
And you may have heard Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa last night or Birmingham with some news. Next. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Always appreciate Lars Tiffany. Great. Virginia and Maryland. Old rivals getting together on Sunday. Loser leave town match. Should be high drama. There's no doubt when those two get together. Yep. Uh, calls at 844-SAY-ACCN. Then we'll get to some news. And we got uh, a few more things going on here before we wrap things up top of the hour. Uh, Jim in North Carolina. Mark? That's right. Yeah. Jim in North Carolina. Welcome to Packer and Durham. Thank you. Here's an idea for the NCAA to legally get some teeth. The NCAA adopts a policy that if a, that NCAA postseason tournaments are only for teams which follow the, their rules. So if you want to buy a team, knock yourself out. But if your team has a player which it acquired by violating NCAA rules, your team cannot participate in any NCAA tournament, not March Madness, not the college football playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. The NCAA, Jim, has nothing to do with the college football playoff. Well. Not a thing. May, maybe we should wrap that into them. So, oh, <laughs> do we have enough time back? Jim, I'll be honest with you. I, I think less is more in this particular case when it comes to the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, Jim, I, I, I'm, I appreciate the thought and I like the idea in generality. But the specifics of the NCAA here are not trustworthy at this point. Uh, but Jim's point is, I think, big picture, is that you have it's, to no, start I, yeah. drawing the line no in question. the sand and starting to create examples of people that think it's cute to cut mm-hmm. the law. I mean, just cut lines and say, hey, we're going to break the law and do whatever we got to do. Yeah. And I said that last week. I mean, when they came out with all their lawyerese and legalese, uh, hey, it sounds great, but can you walk the walk? Right. And I thought Nick Saban last night gave you a perfect opportunity to make a phone call to say, hey, listen, if you're so sure that Texas A&M has bought every single player and you haven't bought any, you got a perfect opportunity to lay out exactly what you know to the NCAA and let them go about their business and do something about it. I mean, otherwise, this is all lip service. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to go cheat. Let them cheat. I mean, that's where we are. That's kind of how it feels, at least from a distance, sitting on the couch watching all this. So... um, the NCAA at this point. And by the way, when I say cheat, it's not really fair because there are no rules. And that's that's the the issue. Yeah. I mean, like what rule did they break? Well, the one they set up last week in their preliminary rules was that, you know, we deem, you know, we will go back and look at anything happened prior to last week since July 1 of 21. We'll go back and look at it. Going back and looking at it and doing something are two different things. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, you can go back. There is a cadre of information you can go back and look at, but doing something about it. And here's the other thing, too. When have they had an express lane for enforcement and investigation? Never. Never. They're not built for this, which then goes to the other conversation. And legally, the antiquated model and all. And, and you said earlier, the minute they do something, they're going to get sued, and therefore that that adjudication cannot be served. And the NCAA has been very consistent in losing every lawsuit. Oh, every lawsuit. So I mean, so this is an uphill battle. And I'll go back to what we talked about with all this stuff with what happened in Birmingham last night. 
I thought Coach Saban's comments regarding the structure of the NIL and the NCAA were right on the money. It's right. the same thing Dabo Sweeney got crucified by SEC media types mm-hmm. six weeks ago. Now, as I said earlier, okay, guys, stay consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, bring that same energy and buzz that you were trying to tear down Dabo and Clemson for he tried to lay it out there what the NIL stuff was all about. And people are like, oh, Dabo's whining and crying. No, he's not. He's telling you exactly what it's like from the front row. Ryan Day have made comments. Uh, Lane Kiffin's made comments. Nick Saban reiterated it again last night. So go after it. Media types, y'all want to be really cool and consistent? Well, then do so. So I expect everybody to be ripping Nick Saban sideways. I thought what he said last night was right on the money. Now, I don't know if Texas A&M bought anybody. I have no earthly idea. And to be honest with you, I really don't care. I mean, right now, the NCAA has no rules or regulations got, in place. So uh, what are they going to do about it? But we got coaches firing from the hip. They were doing that now. We got coaches firing from the Deion hip. Sanders got called out last night. The University of Miami got called out last night by Nick Saban. And obviously, Texas A&M bought every single player, according to the coach. It's become wrestling. Well, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah. I really don't. But I mean it's it's um it's a mess. All right. Yesterday the uh Division One Council, chaired by West Virginia's Shane Lyons, uh also decided that they are going to issue blanket waivers to allow schools to award scholarships based on the overall counter limit of eighty five. That means huh. if your roster is short, you can sign more than twenty five. This is to counter the uh, transfer portal, the COVID year, all the coupons that have been handed out during the pandemic since March of 20. And that, among other things, is going to lead to what Tom Luganbill said is essentially the bigger problem in all of this. The portal is one thing. The scholarship limit is another. But the portal has created a almost a negligence, if you will, of high school recruiting because that's where some football programs have leaned in on the portal. Uh, We all know where Clemson stands on uh, in terms of their portal, but other schools have lived in it and by doing so have kind of muddied up the water, if you will, pack on scholarship numbers. Yeah, Clemson's almost the exception to the rule. Uh, Not that they have been completely... We're not touching a portal player, even though Dabo said, well, I got one, you know, but he has not lived in that world, like you said. Uh, at what point in time, though, in the next two years, are we going to see or read or talk about some school that signs 40 players, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's count on it. And they're going to run off 20 and go, all right, we can justify our number because the number has got to still be at 85. At the end of the day, 85 has got to be your number. Right. But, I mean, you're going to see some shenanigans with all this stuff, too. And when I saw that rule yesterday, I just rolled my eyes and like, well, here comes a mass exodus more into the transfer portal, in my opinion. Because I yeah. think there are going to be some coaches that go, hey, we took a risk on some players. It didn't work out. Get rid of them. Let's bring in 40 new ones. Off we go. Uh, Shane Lyons was quoted as saying some schools hadn't given out all their scholarships and felt constrained by the annual limit. This temporary change provides schools more flexibility and adds opportunities for incoming and current student athletes to receive aid. The Football Oversight Committee is going to collect and review recruiting data during these two years, as well as monitor transfer trends to inform potential future rule changes. Additionally, 
FBS conferences will no longer have requirements to annually exempt their conference championship game from the maximum number of games a team is uh, allowed to play in a season. Uh, that note, all those things coming from the Division One Council, the Pac-12 yesterday essentially said goodbye to divisions. They've already announced their schedule for 22, but their championship game is going to feature the two best teams by winning percentage in their conference. I like and, it. And the reason being, they want to get a spot back in the college football playoff. They announced the change starting this fall. Two teams with the highest conference winning percentage will face off in the title game. So, by the way, the Pac-12 championship game presented by 76. Uh, and I think that was in Vegas last year, as I recall. Well, I, I like their concept. And it would not surprise me if the ACC is uh, following suit shortly right. thereafter. We'll yep. see how it plays out. I, the other part about this is I, the division walls coming down in the ACC. We talked about that extensively last week at Amelia Island. The Pac-12 jumping in because they want to be a part of the party if they can, Right. And uh, the way I look back at it is, if the ACC takes down division walls, what would that have done? And Andrea Adelson put that tweet together uh, last week. Um, she, from yesterday, she put together the last eight years of championship games and uh, said that, uh, shockingly, only once would the championship game have played or changed, and that would have been Clemson and Louisville would have played a repeat game in 2016. Both went 7-1. and one. The Coastal Champ was Virginia Tech a game back. Otherwise, it would have stayed, even without divisions, the same lineup they had. I don't know why anyone would want to argue against the two best teams playing for a championship. Right. I, I don't get it. it it's got to be honest with you. I heard the same thing during the college football playoff era when it was always Clemson, Alabama, whatever the combination. I'm not going to watch that game. Well, why wouldn't you? They're the right. two best teams. Let, let's, let, I mean, yeah. that would be true whether we're talking about a conference championship or a national title. Hey, if you can guarantee me, and same thing, I don't care if it's the NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever. Right. If you guarantee me the two best teams are playing for a title, who would argue against that? Right. I don't understand it. That, to me, is a good thing. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I think that this this – Two best team concept has to be employed certainly by the time the college football playoff expands, and it probably would be good to get a head start on it and go from here if you can and as fast as you can. I mean, just taking Andrew's tweet, I mean, if you told me in 2016 that we were going to see Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson part two, oh, yeah. Who doesn't sign up for that? I mean, yeah. no disrespect to Virginia Tech that won the division at six and two, but if you could have guaranteed the two best teams. Absolutely. I'm in. Yeah. I don't care who they are. No question. All right. On the other side, uh, we got news from Central New York. You're going to be going to games in a place this fall that's got a new name. That's exactly right. And we will talk about that when we continue. Uh, Packer and Durham, we're kind of wrapping up a Thursday. Show 1000. It is show 1000. Yes. <laughs> it only feels like three or 4,000, but it's really only show 1000 back after this. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. It is show 1000. It started on March the 5th, 2018. A thing called ACC This Morning. Really creative title. We turned it to the Central and eventually became Packer and Durham. We went from radio to television and the rest is history. Today, the 1000th show. 369 on radio. 631 on television, and here we are. Thank you to uh, all those that have uh, listened and watched 
and participated and been guest on said shows. That's right. And for all of you that uh, said it would never last, I hope that you lost handsomely your bets. Because <laughs> there were some that thought it won't last a month. Well. And here we are. 1,000 shows into it. Two Emmys, a couple dogs, tons of guests. We keep saying it. We don't have Emmys. That's Billy's Emmy. You've covered it. It's right behind your shoulder. Uh, What we do have is show notes from Packer's first show because the man keeps notes. Every show I've ever done, radio or TV. And there are the notes. Show number one. Show one, you have Jim Christian in the top right corner at 8.30, Josh Pastor at 9, and John Swafford, who's probably got a tea time somewhere today, at 9.30. That's right. And you see that Seth Greenberg and I were a part of the show. I was here for, oh, the better part of about two and a half minutes because I was on a plane to New York. Maybe. Maybe two and a half. Greenberg, eh. 20 minutes total? Uh, Greenberg did. He was supposed to co-host that day and uh, ended up doing, I think, three or four segments. And he would just tell me, Pac, I got to go do a sports center hit. And he'd like be gone for a half an hour. Yeah. I said, don't worry, man. I got this. All right. So then the show finished at 10 and you walked upstairs and told Amy what? You said, there's no chance this is going to work. I said, I, 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 don't just, know, I, I don't know if we'll get to Tuesday. <laughs> but March the 5th. Oh, man. First show. Yeah. 2018. There you go. Ironically, about a month after that, I went to Italy. Yeah. For a couple weeks. You did. And here we go again. Uh Uh-huh. Going to Italy. (laughs) Haven't been back since. Every four years. It's like the Olympics. Tomorrow on this show, (laughs) the last time, you know the movie European Vacation, which was a spinoff of Vacation and Christmas Vacation? Packer's got his own version of uh, European Family Vacation. (laughs) Except this one. You love this story. I do. I think it's a funny story. And you you're, know what? You're building this up. So when I tell the story to people are like, uh, what's the big deal? Well, and we're going to show the shoot. We got Casey. Casey's already a big fan of the story because she knows what it involves. Golden Goose. Yeah. So she can pull like graphics of shoes and we can show what the shoes look like and stuff like that. And, and if you know me at all, being the fashionista that I am, that would be a zero on a 10 scale. That's right. Yeah, uh, we have news from Central New York this morning. Uh, Syracuse University yeah. has announced within the hour a ten-year partnership for the naming rights of the quote university's iconic on-campus stadium. For the first time since the venue opened its doors in 1980, the stadium will have a new name. Only, only its second in history. The JMA Wireless Dome, referred to as the JMA Dome, the two central New York organizations which together employ more than 6,500 people locally, have announced that Syracuse-based JMA will support the Dome's digital infrastructure transmission or transformation by establishing, the release says, the most advanced connectivity offerings for fans and other users while at the Dome. So our congratulations to John Wildhack. Uh, Chancellor Severud, um, all the folks at the at Syracuse University, um, John Mezzalinga, Lingua is the founder and CEO of JMA Wireless. Uh, Pete Sala, who is a longtime fixture on campus at Syracuse, their vice president of facilities, also attending the event today. Uh, JMA, by the way, this is not their first rodeo at this type deal. They did all of the digital installations at SoFi Stadium. So, um, yeah, and I have been told, have not been to the facility itself. 
I have been told SoFi Stadium is incredible. That's what I heard. From a digital perspective and all the things that go into it. I believe uh, that uh, you're going to have to get used to letting that roll off the tongue as opposed to the old carrier dome. You know what? You better get ready for that. I, I don't know what happened. I think I was kind of told two or three years ago. It was two or three years ago, right as the pan. I did a football game up there. And somebody told me about the situation involving the 40-year deal with Carrier. And there was, and they said, we're going to, if you don't mind, we're just going to refer to it as the Dome. And I said, well, that's fine. So I just started calling it the Dome. And so JMA is fine. JMA Dome. Let's go. Whatever we got to do. So there you go. You're the broadcaster. I know. So look forward to being up there. See what's happening. I got uh, 20 bucks. It says I probably call it Carrier three more times. For the end of the week, that would not be good. No, I mean, like, it's we, a JMA. Dome. We are a team player. It's a ten-year deal. Yeah, yeah. So, congratulations to Syracuse and all the parties involved there. Announcement. Uh, Tell folks what you're doing with your golf business now. Uh, this afternoon, I will join Karen Stupples and Gary Christian for uh, ESPN Plus coverage of the PGA Championship. I two o three this afternoon. I will have the uh, group of Brooks Kepka. Florida State grad, Adam Scott, and uh, Shane Lowry, former Open champion. So you cover every shot? We do. That's a featured group, and we'll start about 2 o'clock. Whether they're shooting 65 or 85. That's it. You got every play-by-play. Play. Yep. And then tomorrow, Hideki Matsuyama. So you're going to give me a little Xander Shoffley. He's for birdie. <laughs> you have to do the whisper? Huh? <laughs> yes, you have to. I mean, well, I'm in a booth there in Tulsa. So why would you whisper? Well, you don't have to necessarily well, you whisper. You talk whisper. just like, but when wait, he gets wait, over, do you know what you're doing. The critical forefoot. It's going to move to the left. That's it's what I'm a, saying. A, I mean, if I were on sight, I would do that, but I don't have to do well, that. Why did you answer the way you did? Well, you never know. You might have to give it the effect. You know, what do you think here, Gary? Wouldn't it be funny though if you just kind of screamed like, "Here's Kepka for Bernie"? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? The guy sitting at home would go like, "Holy mackerel." What's going on with this announcer? I would just give me just give me one of those. I can. Is that what you want tomorrow? I know. I want this afternoon. Like yeah. I want one of those. Like here's Brooks Kepka. Uh -huh. He's 185 yards out. Yeah. He's hitting the dang six iron. <laughs> just go. Just lose it for a second. Because yeah, that's how people would go. Man, did you hear this guy doing golf? I mean, everybody's the same in golf. You know, it's slow golf clap. We're in pastels. Nobody's upset. Just go crazy once. Just give me like, you just lost it for like five seconds on the air. It'd be great. <laughs> Seriously. Here's Brooks Kepka. I kind of enjoy doing these events, Pac. Brooks Kepka. Tapped in for a par. Oh my God. Just give me one of those. Just lose your mind for a second. This is why I don't do golf. Because I would get bored. I would get bored doing golf. And you played golf. That's what I'm saying. At a high level. I'd, I'd be so bored. I'd be like... All right, here he goes. Five iron from a buck ninety-five. He's hit a cut shot. He's eighteen feet pin high. That's a nice shot. All right, great. I mean, everybody does the same thing. Do Not at this place. Different. They're hitting balls over the top of each other. Yeah, There's going to be traffic different. jams. There's going to be just give me balls one. in water. Just give me one. One where you just lose it. Adam Scott, what a terrible shot! <laughs> give me one of those. Nobody does that in golf. I think people would be much more entertained. With golf, if you had announcers that would give you just a little, you don't have to do it every shot, but just out of blue, you know, nice shot. Adam Scott, 200 par for the day. He reaches the par 411th. He's got a three iron out, and man, 
What a terrible club selection. Just give me one of those out of nowhere. People at home would be like, holy mackerel. Are you, have you heard this guy? Yeah. yeah. He's, he better get a good look. Well, you know, that's why I'm at home. That's why I don't get the call. Better get a good look. I mean, I'm just trying to give you some entertainment. Yeah. Everybody shot two under par 70s. <laughs> Put me to sleep. Uh, Wake me up when it's done. This would be a very good time to step in and offer our thanks to Bob Brayman. He was fantastic. Outstanding. Florida State head men's track and field coach. Great uh, job, Bob. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> as always, Lars Tiffany was terrific. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate his time. Wish the Cavaliers the best of luck at, in Columbus, Ohio against Maryland. They're riding on the charter. Lars, he said, quick, fancy, hey, hey, time. you're going on the charter. He's got, you know, Lars got him a mug and a charter. And a charter. Pretty good week for Lars. He's got a charter. He's one WA for making it perfect. That's it. Um, so we will be back tomorrow. Uh, Packers uh, Italian farewell, if you will. Last show before you go to Italy for a couple of weeks. Everything kind of started the packing process. I haven't we done any packing. I haven't done any. I have done, <laughs> done zero packing. Yeah. I'll start worrying a, about that tomorrow. Got a fresh haircut. That's all you got. I You're got, going to see I, the dentist today. I said I want to cut just like Clooney. Yeah. When I bump uh, into yeah, him in George, Como. there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, Thanks to Casey O'Brien. Thanks to Drew Brooks. We've we've got our PGA picks. I would not invest. I've worked any. on this. I've worked on this saying this What's week. That? Okay. Pasta pagare con la carta. What is that? That means can I pay by card? <laughs> <laughs> Story time tomorrow and great guest. We'll see you at seven a.m. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.